Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's Word to be empowered and challenged today. So today we're continuing our sermon series that we have called The Heart of Christ. We'll be taking a look at the heart of Christ in his ascension. This past Thursday, uh, the church celebrates the ascension of Jesus Christ. And this morning, we're calling this Ascension Sunday. Now, on the Ascension Day, Christians around the world would get together And they would have what they call an ascension feast. They would light candles. They would tell the story of Jesus ascending into heaven. I don't know about you, but I personally don't like to fly. I'm terrified of flying, to be honest with you. Um, Maybe you've heard the stereotype, hey, black people don't swim. Well, I'll give you another one. Black people don't like to fly either. And I am one of them. But it it hasn't always been that way. When I was a kid, after taking a bath, I would put on the towel around my neck and I would jump from couch to couch, flying around the living room. I loved Superman and I loved to act like I was him. I tell you another time that I can remember flying or watching someone fly is when Michael Jordan took that white tape, he put it on the free throw line and he stretched out his legs and his legs looked like wings. I said, man, if I could have been there to watch him fly, what a blessing it would have been to see that. Maybe some of you have some experiences with flying, of seeing Flying, maybe at the air and sea show. That's as far as I go in the air. Or maybe you remember uh, the rocket launching out of space as the United States headed to the moon. And you think to yourself, man, it would have been a blessing just to see that. Well, the ascension of Jesus was also an extraordinary event. And during Jesus' ministry, he told his disciples, blessed are the eyes that see the things that you see. This morning, it is my prayer that God would allow us to put on the eyes of his disciples and to see what they saw in the ascension of Jesus Christ. Lord, give us the eyes to see your beauty to see you afresh. Help us to see your heart, God, as you ascended into heaven. Lord, now use me, speak to me and through me that I may edify your people. These things I pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe it was Apollo 8 that was heading towards the moon some 300 thousand miles away where the world was able to see that rocket take flight. 
Well, Jesus Christ, according to the Bible, ascended not to the moon, but into heaven. Luke chapter 24, verse 50 says, Then he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them, his disciples. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was carried up into heaven. After worshiping him, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple praising God. I could see Jesus leading his followers and them thinking, man, where are we going? And all of a sudden, Jesus, right before their very eyes, stretches his hands out, blesses them, lets them know how blessed they are. And then he lifts up and go into heaven. I can imagine the disciples saying, man, what in the world is happening? But Jesus predicted his ascension. In John 6, 20 or 62, he says, what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? He also said, I am only with you for a short time. Then I am going to the one who sent me. He also told him, I am going to prepare a place for you. And don't cling to me since I have not yet ascended to my father. But what does the ascension mean for us? What does it mean for us that Jesus is ascending into heaven? We know what the incarnation means. We celebrate it on Christmas where Jesus comes into our world. He takes on human flesh and we worship him and the work that he done on the cross for us. We celebrate his resurrection getting up out of the grave. But what about his ascension? What does that mean for us? Well, the disciples saw him ascending, and they knew that Jesus' ascension was one giant leap for all of mankind. An early church leader said, they worshiped in the place where his feet had stood. With many tears, they wet the place where he had most recently planted his footsteps. Why do you think they responded this way? Was it because they figured, you know what, we are going to miss Jesus? How would you have responded? Would it have been in worship? As they watched him being lifted up, they knew something about his heart for them. They knew that Jesus was heading back to the Father to bless them and to bless us with his peace. Maybe they were reminded of what he said in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. When Jesus went back to heaven, he came in peace for all mankind. Jesus' ascension was symbolized 
by the high priest in the Old Testament. Once a year, they would go into a room that was called the Holy of Holies. And God would meet them there. And there in that spot, forgiveness will be made for all of God's people for one year. This symbolized Jesus' high priest action of him going back to heaven into the holies of holies, making peace with God for us. God would meet him there in heaven as he makes peace for his people. The peace that Jesus gives bonds us together with God. There was a time where humanity and God was in sync and living with one another in the Garden of Eden. But because of humans' sin, it has created this chasm between us and God. Jesus takes on our flesh, becomes one of us, so that he may make peace between us and God. Hebrews 9.24 says, For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with hands, but into heaven itself, so that he might now appear in the presence of God for us. Speaking of Jesus' return to heaven, one early writer says it this way. He was now returning to the throne of his father's glory with the conquered mortal nature that he had taken. How sweet were the tears that they poured out when they were burning with lively hope and gladness over the prospect of their own entry into heaven, into the heavenly fatherland. They knew that their God and Lord was now bringing their part of their own nature. Such a sight rightly restored them. In the ascension of Christ, the flesh that he wore went into heaven. Our very nature now sits at the right hand of God. Humanity was created to enjoy communion with God. Have you ever stood in line, or maybe this is only me, and your card declined? And you wonder, oh, wait, 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 just give me a second. Let me go in my pocket here and make this quick transfer. Well, when Jesus came to earth, he synced his account with our account. He hooked himself up to us, and he has now transferred his righteousness and his peace into us. Are you resting in his peace this morning? Is the peace that you now experience between you and God because of Jesus, is that peace living lively in your life today? Or does your peace, is your peace determined by how well your career is going? Or is it determined of how deep your pockets are, how well you're doing financially? Our peace with God is to permeate every aspect of our life. 
in Christ, we are at peace. Furthermore, let's take a look at Hebrews 7, 23 through 25. We read, now many have become Levitical priests since they are prevented by death from remaining in office. But because he, Jesus, remains forever, he holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him since he always lives to intercede for them. Not only does Jesus bless us with his peace, but he also blesses us with his prayers. The scripture tells us that he intercedes for us. If you're ever wondering what Jesus is up to right now, he is praying for you. Jesus is praying in our place and on our behalf. He's even praying when we're not praying. When we get to the point where we sort of doubt or we sort of wonder what tomorrow is going to bring. When we give up in the middle of the night and say amen too quickly, he continues to pray for us. His prayers are constantly hitting the refresh button on the redemption that he made for us on the cross, he is constantly praying and freshly this prayer comes to the Father and reminds him that he is satisfied with the work that Jesus did for us on the cross. We hope you're inspired by God's word. What have you learned so far? As you listen, pray about applying it to your life. Let's continue in God's Word. Romans 8, 33, verse 34 through 34 says, Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died. But even more, has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Even when you feel like nobody is praying for you, he is. Jesus is constantly praying for us. How should this affect our lives? If we really sink into the same mindset that the disciples had as they worshipped him, they, they knew that he was going to be there on their behalf as the high priest praying throughout all of eternity for them, and it changed the way they lived. Do you see how blessed we are? Let's take a look at Luke. 24, verse 49. We read it earlier. And look, I am sending you what my father promised. As for you, stay in the city until you are empowered from on high. 
this Jesus that we have come to know and love. The Jesus who is gentle and lowly and tender and merciful is now in full power, sitting on his throne. And he desires for us to have power, to have his power as well. In his ascension, he blesses us with his power. Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit equips and empowers us as believers so that we may live according to his righteousness and that we may call others into believing the work that Jesus done on the cross for us. The same spirit that went to Mary's womb and Jesus was born of a virgin, the same spirit that spoke through Jesus as Jesus quieted the waters, the same spirit that raised Lazarus from the dead and raised Jesus from the grave. It's the same spirit that he gives to us today. He blesses us with his power. The power that Jesus gives us is like the power a parent gives to their child. Sometimes I try to get my children to clean up. I try. Sometimes they don't really like that. Caleb told me the other day, no. What? But all of a sudden, something changes whenever daddy comes in the room and say, all right, I'll go ahead and do it. And I start cleaning up. Then I look into their eyes and they're, okay, what can I do? What, 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 what can I do? How can I help? How can I serve? The same thing works with us and the power that God gives us. It empowers us because we know that by the grace of God, he has already done the work on our behalf. And he goes before the Father in our place and before us. He leads us in ministry. He empowers us to speak through our mouths and to encourage other people to come to him. This power that he gives is for us to not only live righteous lives, but to reach those who are lost, those who never heard of the goodness and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll close with the verse in Acts 1.11. The angels descended and they said to the disciples, This Jesus who you are now seeing who is going up, he will return in the same way. Christians have been praying that God would return. And sometimes Christians would even pray facing the place of Bethany, eagerly awaiting his return. Leo the Great said it this way. It was certainly a great and indescribable source of joy when in the sight of the heavenly multitudes, the nature of our human race ascended over the 
dignity of all heavenly creatures. It passed the angelic orders and was raised beyond the heights of archangels. In its ascension, our human race did not stop at any other height until this same nature was received at the seat of the eternal father. Our human nature, united with the divinity of the son, was on the throne of his glory. Praise God. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcast. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week.